Hello, and welcome to Culture Corner at the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Presenting here, in a series of ochres, blues, and stolen cream, one Fox Lee. <laughs> Resonant. And here we have, presenting a dissertation on carpentry, one Jeb Wrench, Canada, 2017. You can't do carpentry with a wrench. Hmm. Stirring. And I, of course, am your guide through this realm of philosophy and understanding. Talon Lee. <laughs> Inadequate. Hello, the listener. How you been? That sure was that something. Was a... That sure was something. <laughs> Never had a harder time blowing a fart noise. Yeah. What what the ma- the magic of editing means that the listener doesn't realize just how long you spent losing your shit, failing to produce <laughs> a fart noise. <laughs> And what's funnier than that is that Talon told a joke that went over even worse than the fart noise. I know, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, just just breathtakingly bad joke. All right, um, that said, uh, it has it has been a week for games, I think, um, in that I know I've been playing games and Fox has been playing games, and I believe Jeb has even played a game or two. Who told you? Scandalous. Hey, Jeb, what yep. you been playing lately? Uh, well, I... Um... Since I since I picked up the season pass, I was able to participate in the uh, oh, the closed beta for Final Fantasy Fifteen Comrades expansion. This is the one where you all become socialists, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm into Basically, it. Basically, yes. Um, it's the multiplayer expansion. Okay. And and do you overthrow the capitalist system? <laughs> well, the capital it's not that kind the, of comrade. The entire the entire world has fallen into darkness. So there is there is no so there is no social structure left. <laughs> well. Yeah, there's no shitty item store at the end of the world that's like, well, I'm still going to charge you $1,000 for an ether. <laughs> no, why? Fox, Fox there has, usually is. Fox has issues with the way certain things got handled. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, when the world ends in Final Fantasy XV, the world fucking ends. <laughs> it's not like in Final Fantasy XIV where the world ends because they were taking a goddamn mulligan. Just a giant button on the moon saying, in case of low subscriber numbers, break glass. <laughs> Wait, the moon? Is that how they destroyed the world in fourteen? Bahamut was sealed inside the moon ah. in Final Fantasy fourteen, and they did a big apocalyptic event where everything got wiped out uh, by Bahamut breaking out of the moon. I think I've just been trained to not pay attention to MMO storylines. <laughs> It's a little harsh, but it you know it works in your favor for most of them. Well, I understand that Final Fantasy fifteen actually has a lot of that single player MMO feeling to it. So the addition of a multiplayer element to that might <laughs> make it like push it over the edge. Is it now technically a MO? Well, it's multi- a multiplayer online game. It's uh, I guess the, the the most obvious comparison: Monster Hunter. Okay, where you hunt monsters and then eat them because you. Huh? pick up pieces of them and cook them at camp. How does the multiplayer in Monster Hunter work? You 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 team up with people and you go out and hunt monsters. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. I mean, and there's like friends explicitly or is it random yeah. fuckheads? Well, it's actual friend Monster Hunter is, fr- okay, is via friends. It's it used to be like um a couple of months ago, sorry, a couple a couple of iterations ago, it used to be local friends. Like you had to be physically sitting around other people. And there was like this thing Capcom wrote about that saying, no, we want you to be, we want you to have to communicate verbally with the people you're playing with. And, and also they kept putting them on, 
they also kept putting them on Nintendo consoles. Nintendo didn't know how to do it online anyways. Yeah, Nintendo... <laughs> I, I, sorry, I defend Nintendo a lot, but yeah, they're, they're not good with online. They've heard of the internet. God help them. <laughs> they've, uh... Yeah. I mean, they've made Splatoon. <laughs> they've, they've made progress. Oh, we're not going to sit here talking about stuff Nintendo has done in the past few months that's breathtakingly good because we... It's it's a weird world right now. It is a very weird world. And also breathtakingly is and also the word breathtakingly is only in comparison to other Nintendo online products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh the the uh, it's very much a beta. It's it's not not very fleshed out at all. Uh there's only mm-hmm. a few weapons, ah. there's only a few character creation options, but you can be a large lady with a bowling shirt and a giant hammer. So it's the game of the year. Okay. Nice. I'm in. It, it might have to fight with Fortnite on that front, by the way. I don't know what that is. Um, Should we wait until it's talents to talk about I it? haven't played Fortnite, okay. so I'm not going to do that. But super quick rundown on Fortnite is that it's a zombie... Well, not zombie. It's an apocalyptic survival game where you're building shelters and whatnot. But oh, yeah. Crucially... <laughs> um, Crucially, the building of your defenses is actually a super flexible system. So you're getting these kind of emergent designs where people have made like elaborate traps out of just environmental stuff rather than you have built the trap device. It will affect this many grids around it. Mm. Um, the construction is all very freeform and... Less mathy survivalist stuff. Yeah. And the engineer in it is a stocky, curvy, bomber jacket wearing engineer gal with a giant bugger off sledgehammer <laughs> and during the night phase when she when you're actually getting attacked she can do the spin around in a circle whirlwind kind of thing <laughs> um so i have a friend who's very into this game <laughs> no kidding yeah she loves it <laughs> uh, but can she be so cube shaped i don't think well actually this particular friend can't be cube shaped she's not very cubey at all are we talking like amanda waller Cubic or like Thomas was alone cubic. <laughs> I don't know who Amanda Waller is. <laughs> I, sorry, my instinct was to say a cube. <laughs> Tune into from the rooftops. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> um, she's she's the only DC comic book character where they were. Well, she doesn't have to be, you know, eleven heads tall and <laughs> like. You know how when they made She-Hulk, they were like, okay, Hulk, but you can't just make woman Hulk shaped like Hulk. You have to make her shaped like a normal woman, but with muscle. No, no, you yeah, can, you can definitely make pit up. You can de- you, you can definitely make make your character be a, a large lady who is short and round. Excellent, short and barrel shaped. Uh, and awesome. <laughs> and hence we come to Amanda Waller. Yes, that does pretty much what I was trying to get across. With, yeah. with uh, not with, the Suicide Squad with, one. She's a fucking disaster. <laughs> with if it, with like and this is just from the options available in the the beta with a like the, her entire left side is a Marlboro tattoo with like <laughs> toothy maws at her knees at her knee and elbow. Oh, like the creature, not like the cigarette brand. Yes, Marlboro, <laughs> not Marlboro. I was uncomfortable for a minute there. Marlboro, not Marlboro. <laughs> Hey, in a lot of these games, they don't tell me the names of the enemies, okay? <laughs> this is why Kirby, which gives credits to every single monster, <laughs> is good. Yeah, how would we get by without knowing that that's called a... A waddle 
Oh, gonna, Waddle D is perfect. I was trying to summon up one of the more ridiculous names, but I, Gordo? I can't remember. So I get Gordo. That's perfect. Uh, Mumbos were another one. The the floating little mummy balls. It's like a ball just wrapped in bandages. I'm like, yeah, let's give this a name. So yeah, <laughs> the, be- really um, the, be- the best, the uh, best, the best ridiculous Nintendo character name are the cross shaped eye robots in Mega Man that go back back and forth. Yeah, those are called adhering Susies. <laughs> oh, that's a translation error. Uh, wow! Yeah. Wow! Some wires got crossed there. It's like the opposite of a lazy Susan. <laughs> All right, Jeb. I keep trying to ask this, and we keep getting sidetracked. Um, so, is this? Um, are we talking like this is an add-on to Final Fantasy 15, or is this a totally separate game that is like a, a continuation of the story or whatever? It's an expansion pack that fills in the that fills in uh, for part of uh, the time that Noctis is unavailable in Final Fantasy Fifteen. So it it runs separately from the the main game, but it fits into a certain time period of the game. Okay, and it's uh, you need the main game to as have it, or it's as, playable. As far as I know, you need to actually own the game to play Comrades. That may, change by the time it, that may change by the time it actually comes out. I don't know. When does it come <laughs> out? I, I also wish we... They haven't announced time yet. <laughs> they haven't announced the existence of time. <laughs> uh, now I kind of wish we had branded this episode DLC Comrades. <laughs> I, I mean, I can still name it DLC Comrades. <laughs> we do have that power. Yeah. But only after we announce time. <laughs> <laughs> In that that Fortnite thing, can the ju- can the the big lady with the big fuck off hammer teleport? Uh, no. By throwing her hammer at someone. Oh, bola! But mm. see, you almost lost me on teleport. But but yeah. she leads with the hammer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. That that is my kind of te- that's undeniably my kind of teleport. Hmm. It's a uh, it's very Thorish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. What about you, Fox? What games have you been playing? <laughs> uh, well, uh, as you all know, I've been watching a lot of speedruns lately. Mm-hmm. And eight hours of those speedruns was taken up with Final Fantasy VII. Dear God, were they? It, you know you have a long-ass RPG when the speedrun takes eight <laughs> yeah. freaking hours. Yep. And the worst thing is when they're talking about ways to optimize the run and the things that they're doing to improve it, they still are talking about, yeah, this saves us about 30 seconds. It's like, oh! <laughs> yeah, well, there was, it was one of those games where you've got step counts going on, so yeah. it's all better off that <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but it did remind me <laughs> that the furthest I ever got through Final Fantasy VII was getting to the beginning of the cross-dressing section and then going, I can't finish this without knowing how to do it perfectly. I have to stop. <laughs> and then I thought, eh, why not? Let's go back and have another look at it. Hmm. Especially because I sort of, you know, it, it's one of those games where opinion fluctuates wildly in terms of this was massively overrated or actually, no, we probably rated this around correct and people are just fucking cynical about it because it's out of the era of the grumpy emo protagonist. Mm. There's a lot of conflicting feelings there. And myself, I remembered Seven as being just unnecessarily vague as fuck. <laughs> and that was the main yeah. thing that shut me off about it. Um, and I wanted to know whether or not that was fair in retrospect. 
So I I went back and God, I don't know, I think I'm about thirteen hours into it now. Anyway. Easily. <clears throat> um and it turns out, yes, it is unnecessarily fake as fuck. <laughs> it definitely has the one big problem that I remember it having, which is just the translation is I mean, I I don't want to be too mean to it. I'm sure a bunch of people put a shit ton of work into translating all that fucking dialogue. But some of it is just, just, what the fuck are you even trying to say? Who is supposed to be saying that? Only one person has a character voice, and that's because you kind of took one look at him and went, well, he can talk like Mr. T. It's <laughs> <laughs> very unfortunate. Spoilers, yeah. that's the black uh, one. Yep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, the, the nature of Final Fantasy VII, and I'm not trying to get, like, I'm not an expert on this, um, but I feel in a lot of ways Final Fantasy VII sits in the same space as Ocarina of Time, in that it does deserve some respect for the upheaval of the gaming <laughs> landscape it, it caused, but at the same time, a lot of that, we have we have either developed or incorporated that technology so much so that you look back on it and it doesn't seem very special now, with the other thing being that Ocarina has aged pretty well it's mm. got some problems i'm not I'm, I'm not saying that everyone should love ocarina but ocarina still plays pretty well whereas final fantasy 7 has a kind of a design which is full of these un- unwanted interruptions you you get long cutscenes um happening around you because at that point like who had the time to make it so that um the engine could handle like flexible real-time storytelling while you were doing stuff so it tends to have to go all right hold up we need to show you two minutes of cutscene or <laughs> there 30 is seconds of cutscene. a lot of watching the shitty-ass blocky versions of the characters mm. perform incredibly dramatic cutscenes. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, are, everything I about wish, them visually I, is extremely awkward. Um, I, wish the, I wish they kept those same thing, same look in the, the fancy cutscenes. Because it looks like such a weird <laughs> puppet show. It looks like a weird puppet show, <laughs> and I dig that. And it would be really, it would be, I, I think that'd be really cool too, because it would be consistent. It would say, hey, this is how we chose to make this look, not this is how we had to settle for it. And right. I, and there's there's a lot of tension. And it's a four disc game being made in the late 90s. The the amount of money and development time, it all, I, I recognize that there are limitations. Mid 90s. And the, the reason I would have difficulty mm, yeah. thinking of it. It's like 97. Anyway. It was being made yeah. in the mid-90s. The reason I would have such difficulty thinking of it in the same breath as Ocarina is that Ocarina was really very polished. Yeah. Um, whereas everything about Final Fantasy VII that's not up to snuff is like, you just, you, you know, you translated a million hours worth of dialogue, and at this point you would just, fuck it, I don't know exactly what this Japanese <laughs> is trying to say. Probably this. Like, there's one point where the... There's Tifa and Eris are just hanging out in one of the areas where the party splits up and they're talking to each other. And Tifa says something like, you know, uh, it, does it really annoy you or is it really pissing you off or something? And Eris says something like, that's probably right. And like, that just reeks of, you know, this is vague dialogue that makes sense in the context of the original Japanese, but the translators had no fucking idea what to do with it. Uh, one of the horror stories I've heard about um, translating multi-disc games was you didn't get the script in chronological order. I would believe it. Apparently that still happens to fucking voice actors now. Yeah, yeah. Garbage and makes me angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, and that was the other thing, because after the the run being eight hours long pretty much covered the entire story because they had lots of time to talk about stuff. Yep. Um, 
Which led to me, uh, you know, going to the wiki and reading it and going, okay, what, what out of this vague stuff actually did turn out to be correct? And I thought I remembered this, but they didn't mention that. And it mostly shakes out, but it also just made me realize how thoroughly we misread most of the character stuff that was going on in this. Like, how much of it was a response to other JRPGs that, mm. like, in the same way that Evangelion went over... Uh, Western viewers' heads because it was a deconstruction of something that we didn't really have yet. Yep. And FF7 had a lot to say about JRPG tropes that we just didn't really notice because for most of us it was like our first JRPG. <laughs> for a lot of us anyway. Certainly for most people in Australia because the SNES did not have much of a no. presence here. And your options for RPGs on the Mega Drive were... Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, uh, it was an important thing it's got its problems, but still, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's not as overrated as I remembered it being. I have to say that. It, it's a lot more better. A lot more better. <laughs> it's a lot better for being what it is than, than uh, the cynicism of having grown up with it and then grown away from it and then looking at it again mm-hmm. would uh, would make you feel. I, I really don't have high hopes for the remake myself just because mm. i think i think anyone who's going to do a remake of it even if the original people remade it there's going to be stuff that's changed for them as creators since since the game <laughs> came out and they're going to wind up making it a different thing i think it might be a lost cause like i i have difficulty thinking of any game which has needed a graphical remake mm. more than ff7 yeah even if you did keep it looking like a bizarre puppet show and for the record i would be totally in favor of keeping chibis for the, the yeah. world map and everything i dig chibis um but uh they've talked about how they don't want to keep the the systems the same and everything so mm. i'm just expecting they'll you know want to update it to be more like the current final fantasy battle systems and some people like those and that's fine but i don't like them and i I wouldn't like them in that game and more importantly i just like they're totally going to redo all the characters in in this new sort of let's push for more realistic style and the lightning returns look i just want to see like you know current graphical quality retaining anime styling and i'm not gonna get that so no (laughs) final fantasy 7 is the call of duty 4 of the playstation generation (laughs) Okay, unpack that for someone who's never played Call of Duty. It is the uh, the game that widely increased the uh, the audience of of its genre to an entire new market, and it's also the one that has been milked to death. And so it exists now in this place where it is simultaneously overrated and underrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds totally fair. And for the record, like fuck off, I don't want anything to do with any of the million Final Fantasy VII spin-offs. I d- they can go yep. away. <laughs> yep. I knew the, I knew the spin-offs were going to be such a thing. <laughs> you can't, like, I remember when we first saw Advent Children, you were like, this is just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. He has a sword that splits apart into seven smaller swords. <laughs> More swords. <laughs> he he def- Cloud especially absolutely became the parody of himself that... <laughs> That he already no, he was. wasn't originally. <laughs> <laughs> he is such a better character than we gave him credit for after we got over him. I I have a, a except a, for the fact that they then made him into exactly that bad. I have like it, I have this view of the of Cloud that there are basically like three clouds. There's the very <laughs> so does the game. You know, <laughs> 
But like, there's the very original textual cloud, the one who's as close as possible as you can get to what's in the game, and that character's unremarkable, but fine. Um, the then you have the the uh, branding cloud, which is like the marketer, like, okay, we want to get you to buy this game. Look, he's on a motorbike. He's on a motorbike, and he's got a cool sword, and he hangs out with these hot girls, and we're going to market this to Western audiences. So you get this kind of uh, secondary character created as part of the branding. And that character winds up being, like, that character would never be in the cross-dressing scene. That's the the character the actual cloud was a response to. Yeah, but he was also sold as that right from the start, at least in the US. And then, well, at least the English version. And then you have the memeplex cloud, which is the character <laughs> shaped by people who played the game when they were young, when it was the first long summer they had a games console to really get into, and, and you know they grew up as part of these ideas. And there's all sorts of different stuff resonating with them. And that character is a gigantic, sprawling, impossible mess of thousands of different possibilities, and. <laughs> You can't really say Cloud's garbage or Cloud's good without recognizing that. Who are you talking about? <laughs> say one of those Clouds is garbage. I'm not a fan of the marketing cloud. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm calling Cloud garbage, and I'm referring to the one who's a lying motherfucker who can't tell anybody the goddamn truth. <laughs> and see that? That's textual. <laughs> that's there. It, well, I mean, that is also debatable. Oh, God. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, please. He doesn't realize he's lying. Cloud is Cloud is not the person he says he is, and he knows it. See, that's the part that's debatable. See, I didn't know he didn't know. I, no, I thought he. I thought he no, had amnesia. But I haven't played. No, that is the point. He's all fucked up on. Crisis Core can fuck oh, off. <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, we're fine. We're fine, the listener. I'm all right. They they put down the bats. <laughs> no bats, no bats. We no settle bats. our disagreements this, like grown-ups say, on this show. Fisticuffs. I will say this. The fact that Final Fantasy VII still is worth having a heated discussion over says something yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> that it was very vague and badly translated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so tell now me, the opportunity for a correct translation is basically lost to us forever. So it is what it is. Uh, as for me, uh, I've been playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. You know me, I'm always one to strike when the oh, iron uh, is yes, gone. That, 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 <laughs> yes, one of, one of those games that doesn't one of those games that doesn't have a volatile rabbit fan base. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I forget I, what's Poplio's limit break. <laughs> I have a Poplio named Perfect Sun. <laughs> Good. I have a Gumi named Princess. I have also good. a Rowlet named Ollie, and I believe my fourth teammate. Um, oh dang it! Something you actually caught yourself, right? No, no, no. I have a fourth teammate that. Oh I, no, I sent you an Eevee. Yes, uh, which is sitting in a box until I know what to do with it. <laughs> um, I also got a level fifty Lycan Rock off a store, like an actual. EB promo. Oh, yeah, the and promo like, card. Yeah, yeah. I I can't just run around with a level fifty like and rock smashing the shit out of everything. That I mean, you can done. if that would be fun for you. But you, really you totally yeah, can. That's probably. I would. <laughs> it is everyone's prerogative to ruin their own power curve in any game. Exactly, and this is why you should keep cheat codes in games, people. Sure, I mean, let people set their own. Actually, yeah, code. exactly. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm getting really wicked off at certain companies. 
Capcom making their uh, cheat codes DLC. Speaking as someone who the only reason I haven't broken my controller this week is because I went fuck it and decided I was running the whole thing with a guide. Yes. What's it's so much game. It, and, well, and a lot of it is just, if no one tells you about this, you don't fucking know. It's so much game. Oh, I see. You can learn this skill, but only if you go to this area and you have to use manipulate. Otherwise, it will never cast it on you. Duh. No, no well, fuck yeah, it. Why, I, like, yeah, well, why, why would the Adamantus cast Mighty Guard on you? Or Big Guard on you? <laughs> it's problem? true. That part makes sense. But how would you know? <laughs> Well, uh, can is, I tell you? Yeah. Can, I, can I tell you how I wound up getting most of the blue magic? As soon as I found out that uh, control was was a, was a feature, was an option, I used it on everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is because Jeb had played Final Fantasy V, <laughs> where the blue magic monster tamer combo is busted. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I don't begrudge it being there, but definitely, definitely, fuck working this stuff out on my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got things to do. Do <laughs> I have lots of? I have a job. <laughs> I have stuff to make. All right, uh, but yeah, Sun Moon is like I I hate that I have nothing useful to say about this. <laughs> like I'm used to being being able to bring whatever I whatever I play. I'm usually able to go. Oh, okay. Here's the thing I see in this, and I'm not hearing anyone else say this. But so far, and I'm only up past the first trial. But so far, Sun Moon just is. It's it's nice and it's good. And it doesn't have a failure state, and if I have to put it down for an hour because something happens, everything's fine and nothing hurts. I it it's good. It's it's frustratingly good. It's po- I can't believe they're dumbing down video games. So the good. fucking casual. <laughs> I know, right? In this one, you can't even lose. I I'm so surprised that like I used to play Pokemon competitively. And I'm still looking at this and thinking, this is polished to a mirror shine. Everything in this, every irritating thing about Pokemon has been taken away or ameliorated, which is really surprising. <laughs> like, it used to be that you would have, like, one of your slots was dedicated towards having a HM creature. Yeah. And they don't have that anymore. That was annoying. And usually the only things that could learn lots of HMs were... Garbage. <laughs> can be duped. We're awesome. Scrabby. Things you We're didn't really awesome. want in yet. Yeah, sure, Jeb. Sure. Excuse me. That's uh, right. Excuse- are we going to totally have a fight awesome. about Bidoof now? I will throw the fuck down. Bidoof. All right, let me get my hammer teleport. Bidoof got banned. <laughs> in Bidoof is I just resent Bidoof because Super Fang belongs to Rattata. Get out. Bidoof is my country's national Pokemon. Thank you. You will respect <laughs> our culture. <laughs> Can't make me. Bidoof, Bidoof had a thing where it could, um, where, where it would get random stat gains every level, and because you were doing twos all the time, you could have one of the other Pokemon use the ability that says, um, whenever stats go up, they go up twice, and whenever they go down, they don't go down. And so Bidoof was just the ultimate truck alongside this thing because it was decently tough. And then you'd sit there for three or four turns, unable to kill this thing, while it was just randomly going. Did I get three uh, extra levels of attack yet? Okay, cool. Crush your team. I'm not saying I don't believe you. Mm. Just that the PvP game is irrelevant <laughs> oh, yeah. to the PvE game. Fair enough, fair enough. But still. Is Unless you're playing uh, Colosseum or XD, where you do actually do two-on-two battles the whole way through. Yeah, but had- Otherwise, it's an alien experience. The point is, Bidoof had to get banned in PvP, which is, no matter how you cut it, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> get out. 
which puts it alongside of all things um, Carvana got banned in, in Little Cup. Oh, Little Cup. That's different. Because it's because its stats are just high enough at level 5 that it can one-shot almost everything. <laughs> almost everything. That said, I, you know, I, I don't have anything really special to say about Pokemon Sun Moon. It's really good. It's pretty. Um, I'm enjoying it. How it's, are you finding the differences from the uh, normal series trope? I'm kind of done with go to all the islands and collect all the badges. Not not like mad, just like it it feels a bit like there's stuff that was done in red, blue, yellow because that's all they could get the engine to do. And they were cramming that cart full to the gills. <laughs> I love looking at that and seeing how much of the data is just folded back in on itself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's origami nonsense. <laughs> it's it's up there with Crash Bandicoot on levels of technical achievement that boggle the mind. But the... Uh, Please, Pokemon. This meant, that for a, <laughs> this meant that for a lot of generations afterwards, they were just doing things because, yeah, well, Red Blue Yellow did them. Red Blue Yellow did them that way, and that's that's how we do it. And that's fine. But it does mean that it's just a little bit repetitive. And I I mean, I didn't finish XY, and I didn't finish Black White. I got about halfway through, and I was like, yeah, these are nice. I'm enjoying dirtling around, but I'm just not that into pushing on to the next level. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten used to the idea of just stopping with games when I'm done with them. Um, which is, you know, I feel a, a good attitude to have. Uh, in the case of Sun Moon, the novelty of it is keeping me going. I'm really interested to see what other interesting oddball things they ask me to do. Which is really weird, because I imagine if I was younger, and they said, okay, here's a cave, and you can't catch anything, and you need to find these three things in here that, to hunt down and fight. Oh, and there's a boss monster, and the boss monster summons things. I would have just looked at this and gone, this is bullshit. <laughs> I didn't sign on for this unfair nonsense. <laughs> but now I'm really appreciating just the difference of it. So, um, that said, uh, I, you know, with, with that all being said, we've all talked about one thing today uh, in our different conversations. Wait, no, Fox Role-playing game series that have gone on way too fucking long. <laughs> well, I yeah. Things that are sound fantasy underrated and overrated. Well, no, I was going to talk about shops. I talked about shops. Oh, it was wait. during Jeb's bit. But... Okay, great, cool. We're going to talk about shops. <laughs> we're going to talk about shops in video games. Specifically, we're going to talk about shops in video games that are awful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of them, pretty much. I just, just basically all of them. So I'm I'm just going to put this one out here to start with. Uh, in Karnak, in Final Fantasy V. There is one of the jerkiest tease shops I've ever been in, where you walk in and you talk to the store vendor and they're like, oh yeah, here is all this bomb loot that you would totally love to have for no monies at all, because we just produce things super cheaply no, here. And no, the second it's, you go to It's not it's not free, it's one tenth price. Yeah, it's super cheap. Free and enough. You, and I'm like, well, <laughs> Give me a second to check my pockets to see what I can, you know, see what I've got equipped, and then I'll totally come back and buy all the things. And you close that menu, and you're arrested. <laughs> and you don't get to buy them at that price ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure someone does. I'm sure that if you know what you're doing, you do. But I, you, you know, you I absolutely do by not backing by not backing out of the menu. Ah, <laughs> so you get one chance. Don't blow it, Mama Spaghetti. Unless you're playing, unless you're playing the Game Boy Advance version. At which point, or was the Game Boy Advance or the iOS version? iOS version lets you buy as mm. many of them as you want. Damn. So you just load up and then sell later? You literally nice. can buy like 99 of something and then when you're let out of prison, sell them back for a profit. <laughs> Beautiful. 
and brutal. So what about you? Have either of you ever dealt with a, with a shopkeeper in a video game that made you want to tear out your hair? I'm having trouble picking any particular one, I have to say. <laughs> well, you mentioned a trope about the shopkeeper. which yeah, uh... the end of the world. Yes. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's inexcusable behavior, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, um, the basic idea of there is an apocalyptic situation going on, but people are still charging you three weeks wages for an elixir. And, like, in some cases that makes more sense. Like, in Breath of the Wild, it's so far post-apocalypse that people have fallen into this pattern of, uh, you know, they've stabilized, so everyone actually is trying to make a living, and that makes sense. You know, that's forgivable. But, you know, when you were in the last blasted hellscape to have survived the calamity, and and literally you are the only person who can buy or use this stuff, and the shopkeeper is still going, no, I'm about to get obliterated if you don't win, but... (laughs) If you're going, if you're facing down the end of the world, you might as well enjoy what time you have left, right? (laughs) Die rich. I would never disagree with that, but... You also should support the only person who can make you not die. Mm. Except, here's the thing: if that or at least person give them a line of credit, die, that person, if that person doesn't, if that person does win, you still got to live after. You got to think about your family. <laughs> uh, oh, here's another one: Star Control Two. Star Control Two has an elaborate series of economies where almost every different planet you visit has a different way of handling trade or resources. The only place that you can consistently buy stuff at is your own base where where events like one of the alien races can just quit on you and seal themselves in a bubble and have nothing to do with you, which is just, thanks guys. Um, But there's a, a race called the Druge and the Druge are traders. The Druge will trade anything. The Druge will trade resources they will trade information. They will trade crew. Yeah. And no. it is a miserable thing to be stuck in hyperspace crawling along at the lowest possible speed because you're out of fuel and you're just using your base inertia and have druge traders show up and go, we could buy some fuel. We could, we could sell you some fuel for some crew. <laughs> what do you Stay need the, good. What do you need the crew for? Furnaces. Oh, so they'd be crewing the furnaces? Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, don't don't do deals with the Druge. In fact, if you do do deals with the Druge for too long, uh, you get in a lot of trouble. Like, there's this talk of court martialing you after the whole story. Oh is yeah, over. good, good. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, what? I'm having a shit ton of trouble of thinking of of especially shitty shopkeepers in in uh, games. But you know what game had really cool shopkeepers? Oh, uh-huh. Okami. Oh, the, like I mean, you're a dog, right? It's it's part of the conceit. Who told you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's part of the conceit of that game that when normal humans look at you, they don't see all the god stuff. They just see you as being a dog. Um, but all the shopkeepers will still like sell stuff to you, and they say things like, "Oh, you know, if you've been sent out on an errand to pick up some shopping, good puppy." It's <laughs> really chill about it. <laughs> well, there's a that I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, tell you who has hellish um, shopkeepers if you piss them off. Oh, uh, Link's Awakening and Spelunky. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, Mystery Dungeon, uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. The shopkeepers are. I assume it's this way in all the Mystery Dungeons. The way they handle shops in the dungeons is you'll go into a room and it will be a shop room and all the items in that room you're supposed to pay for. 
but you can still just walk up and pick them up. And if you then try and leave the room without paying for them, then the shopkeeper will try to murder you. <laughs> and like, fair enough. In, but it does have that in interesting of point of, you know, you can... The game allows you to steal things. In Dungeons of Dreadmore, you can attempt to steal from the shop demon. Shop demon, Shop you demon. Say. That sounds promising. Well, yeah. very well. <laughs> it's a demon. It's a demon in a checkered suit. It plays very nice music when you come towards the shop. And if you leave without paying, now, the goons come after you. <laughs> Now, I'm not familiar with the tone of this game. Is it a demon and that's just a charming thing that happens in this world? Or is it a demon and that's why you don't have to feel especially bad if you take his stuff? <laughs> I'm not familiar with the tone of this game. Is it a demon because that's just something that happens in this world and it's charming? Or is it a demon because then you don't have to feel especially bad about nicking his stuff? Uh, it's a demon because uh, com- because capitalism. Oh, right. No, that it's sounds a comedy fair enough. Game. It's, it's quite convincing. <laughs> quite a good comedy game. <laughs> One of the one of the one of the ability fields you can get is communism, which gives you things like That's socialized a, healthcare for a healing power. Uh, and you also start with I'm a, into you this. also start Where do I with get this Ushanka. game? You, you you start with an Ushanka and a hammer and a sickle. Oh <laughs> yeah. Nice. Alright. Yeah. I'll play this at some point. What do I play? <laughs> uh, am I a human? It's on your roguelike adventure. Am I a demon? Can I be a dog? You 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 well. <laughs> You you play as a uh, as a human, although you can also be a vampire or a, a were diggle, which is like a mole. Um, oh. You should have seen my face before fashion. you finished the word. You could be a, you could be a Canadian. Uh, <laughs> you get two Ashankas? <laughs> Actually, if you start... I think it is possible to start with two Ashankas, but I, if, I can't remember exactly. Um... Or do you need fewer oh, yeah. shunkers if you're bad a Canadian? Because hair. <laughs> bad shops. Right. Bad shops. You know what I dislike a lot more than Let bad Star shops? Ocean. Let Jeb have his. Star Ocean? Star Ocean. What What about the Star shops in Star Ocean. Ocean? There's too much shit to buy and you don't know what it does. Uh, because. I hate everything that. In Star Ocean is a, everything in Star Ocean is a crafting object. Because there's cooking <laughs> and there's uh, like item crafting and there's armor crafting, and there's weapon crafting, and there's, like, bow making and arrow making, and there's singing, and there's music composition, and there's poetry, and there's writing, and there's painting. (laughs) I legit don't know if at some point during this you started making shit up. You'll know if he says anime. Oh, God. And so the stores are just full of dozens and dozens of reagents. Just fucking everything. It's like, oh yeah, hmm, I might need this pen to write a poem with. Oh no, wait, that one's for bu- that one's for music making. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Wait, pens which, have which accordion do I need to which which accordion do I need to buy for this recipe? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's rough. See, I was going to compare it to Atelier when you said that. Because, of course, everything there is craftable, too, basically. But the the point of that is that any accordion will do. Mm-hmm. And each accordion will give you right. different effects. But you're not going to buy the accordion right. and go, well, like, this is the wrong accordion for polka. This accordion is only for... What else do you use accordions for? <laughs> Shit! Weird Al parodies. There you go. <laughs> That's polka. That's polka. <laughs> everything is fucking polka. I panicked! <laughs> for old Danny boy. 
I, I have the awkward problem that... that, that uh, Italian stereotypes, there you go. Italian stereotypes, or also uh, Romani... Um, oh, dang it. There's Mime performances. Miming. Hey, I'm on fire now. Yeah. Anyway, point is... Point is that game shops can be a place where things get very bad. You know what, though? I would take a shitty shop any day over an alternate currency that you have to play mini games or fucking slot machines to get. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Speaking of Final Fantasy it, VII and Pokemon. <laughs> I, yeah, this is going to be super fun for me. I can remember one thing, which I quite like, the, the shop conceit behind it, which was the kobolds in... No, the puka in Odin Sphere. They are superb. Like... There, there's a lot of settings, especially J settings, that have, you know, here is the cute fuzzy shopkeeper race who you don't take seriously as a combatant or an enemy or whatever, and they're just merchants and they're funny. Um, and this is the mm-hmm. first one where it's been like, yeah, no, they have a really super good reason for doing that culturally. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like their lives depend on it. Yeah. Uh, but generally, lots of stuff in Odin Sphere is really good. Like so- the fact that they also picked one of those and gave him a sword. Yes. <laughs> Oh, fucking, oh, oh, man, I forgot about Xeno, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, uh, Jeb, um, the, all the fucking private military contractors that you're investing in to, like, hey, I funded your entire R&D department, but no worries, just charge me 30,000 monies for the next sword upgrade, whatever, I, I paid for you to invent that, but (laughs) sure, this is, this is my role in society. Man, that's rough. Capitalism <laughs> reigns. <laughs> and now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of August 2016. Special Controversial Edition. Brought to you by Desmond Galaxy, the way of the future. So, rather than go for everything that came out in August 2016, because it's always re-release heck whenever you do anything close to the now, um, I thought I would grab a short number of games that were in the news. They they got some attention, and they got people talking. Um, one in a surprising way, one in a very unsurprising way, and the rest are just kind of... All right. Now I'm going to do the usual thing where I ask you to run the year by me again. 2016, last year. Cool. Last August. Okay, so shit that made Next us year. last year. Yes. <laughs> First of all, we have a puzzle platform adventure game developed and published by Playdead. Technically, it was released in June 2016, but it didn't get released on the uh, on uh, the PC until August. Hmm. Oh, sorry, my bad. PlayStation 4 in August. So, Ori and uh, the Blind it received Forest? a great deal of critical acclaim. No, uh, this game received an enormous amount of critical acclaim. It was very well liked. It received a lot of analysis and a lot of critique. And it's the kind of thing that people um, recommend with that sort of stipulation of like, just uh, I can't tell you about why I like it so much, but I really like it. Um, it gets compared a lot to cinema. Huh. As a puzzle platformer. A puzzle platformer developed by the same people who made Limbo. Oh, shit. Inside. Yes, it's Inside. The, uh, how did Jeb describe it? The, um, it's, um, um, how the fuck does that name keep slipping my mind? Cronenberg. Thank you. <laughs> it's Cronenbergian. Mmm. Yes. Inside. Pretty good. Check it out. Inside is outstanding. Check it out if you don't have a problem with body horror. <laughs> ah, now I understand. Yes. 
Uh, next up, we have a game that caused, well, an expansion that caused an enormous amount of controversy. People quit forever and also returned forever because of it. It's... Uh, Legion? Yeah, it's Legion. It's just, it's just there was another Warcraft expansion and that got news. Yeah, there's there's only one game where every expansion people quit forever and, and return forever because it's, you know, well, we've gone back to how it used to be good. Uh, they're just rotating the player base at this point. Yeah, pretty much. So we're all on a rotisserie. Yep. So I, uh, her, this game promises over 18 quintillion planets, many with their own <laughs> sets of flora and fauna. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, are we in No Man's Sky? It, it's No Man's Sky! Hey! Yeah. I mean, that is such a big number, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, many with their own flora and fauna. I thought everywhere was supposed to be unique. It's, um... Not all of them have flora or fauna. It's tricky. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, that makes sense. Not a lot of planets have flora and fauna. And it's also kind of <laughs> tricky to touch on because in, in No Man's Sky, because there's procedural generation, even things that are different can look similar enough that the human brain can like short circuit it <laughs> so there's a lot of people saying oh the, the planets aren't really that different which is right <sighs> yeah Wrong. the tyranny of actual <laughs> randomness yeah well i'm not gonna <laughs> basically i don't agree with the people who say that but i recognize why they think that when will people recognize that we are fucking awful at working out whether things are random or not mm-hmm. um it's it was an awkward thing because the very nature of this game makes it very hard to talk about fairly. Because I, if I say what I'm... Okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what I think. I think the fact that this game came out from the people it came out from and the fact that there were marginalized people involved in its creation made it a lot easier to stoke the usual fuckheads about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And even if there are some legitimate concerns about, hey, look, that was kind of a dodgy way to advertise your game. Even if those concerns were legitimate, the nature of the fuckhead brigade makes it very hard to even talk about that because <laughs> the people who are complaining about it are in many cases completely disingenuous tools. It's almost like their presence is inherently harmful to actual games criticism. Yes. Hmm. Fuck those people. It's also worth noting that No Man's we Sky won't. has received constant and perpetual support and updates from uh, from the team making on it for Hello no games. extra charge. And the game is significantly changed since its release. There's now, like, base building. That's super cool. And, uh, like, large interstellar space combat and stuff. It's really neat. That's, That's super real cool. nice to know, yeah. I really like that. I, I especially like that because No Man's Sky is... It feels like Minecraft for a different kind of person. It feels like I... Like, with <laughs> Minecraft, it's I want to go dirtle around in my little world and, and just muck around in a space the size of my backyard. More or less... Whereas No Man's Sky is like, I want, I want to, I want to play Star Trek. I want to play, <laughs> go to a new place, do a new thing. Minecraft is like fundamentally construction and destruction, whereas No Man's Sky is a lot more exploration, from yeah. what I gather about it. Yeah, exploration right. and discovery. Yeah, and those do, yeah, provide yeah. very different payoffs for a player. All right, next up, we have a game that before it got released, there was a petition. Asking the people making it to not make it. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. Developed by a company that I assure you does not give a thundering fuck about petitions written in English. 
Really, I don't think they give a thundering fuck about petitions. This company is amazing good at not, amazingly good at not caring. Look, with the nature of what petitions are these days, there's not a lot of places to give a thundering fuck about any petition in any language. But Fair. I'm I'm trying to pick which particular Japanese developer or game this might be, though. There's so many to choose from. Mm-hmm. I don't recall a campaign asking one to not be made. The anger was that it was a spin-off of a uh, franchise when that franchise has dancing all night releases lately. Oh, I, no, no, it's no, not dancing all night. This it's, is uh, Federation, F- the Metroid one. Yes, it's Met- Metroid Federation Force, which we now know oh. was being developed while they were making two new Metroid games that just weren't ready to come out. <laughs> so people seriously petitioned them to not make the spin-off because they're... Uh. I saw people calling it a slap in the face to the loyal Metroid fans. <laughs> yeah, but anyone who starts by calling a game a slap in the face to anyone is is nonsense hyperbole right from this. I... There's no better way to mark yourself as talking crap. Mm-hmm. And for all I can tell, Metroid Prime Federation Force wasn't a great game. I don't think it destroyed the integrity of the Metroid franchise for years to come. <laughs> Certainly no more than not more than other end did. Really, shouldn't every mm. franchise have its own mean bean machine? <laughs> and finally, we have two releases in August 2016 uh, of, well, it's a game and a really weirdly named connected game on a phone. Uh, <clears throat> the game received positive reviews from critics. Particular praise was aimed at the art direction, environmental design, diverse options in gameplay and decision making, characters and narrative. Major points of criticism were the short length of the game in comparison to even its predecessor, as well as the ending of the game, which leaves multiple plot points unresolved and ambiguous. It was nominated for the best role-playing game at the Game Awards 2016. (laughs) I mean, um, I want to say it's Fallout 4. (laughs) No. But it didn't have an especially weirdly named mobile tie-in. No, no. Fallout 4's mobile tie-in was really good. Um, is this one of Final Fantasy? No, no. Um, yeah, actually, I don't think this is Jeb's franchise. I think this is actually my franchise, despite the fact that of all the games that have come out under it, I've only really liked one of them. You said it's not a Persona, right? No, it's not a Persona. This was developed by, uh, oh, well, it's, it's developed by a bunch of Quebecois. Hang on, hang on. Uh, it's an RPG you've only liked. It's Deus Ex. It's Deus Ex hey! Mankind Divided. I did not know oh. that had a mobile game tie-in. Called Deus Ex Go. <laughs> oh, yeah, the... the no, the, the Go games are outstanding. <laughs> this is where cyborgs spawn at uh, distinct points around your city and you have to go catch them in bowls. No, they're... The, the Go games are outstanding. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a puzzle game. It's a Deus Ex puzzle game, and by all accounts, yeah. it's pretty good. <laughs> it's not like they went, no, oh, we'll name it Deus Ex Go to, to match up with Pokemon Go. No, that's, that's they've been using oh. they've been using that longer than Pokemon Go has been around. <laughs> yeah, it started with Hitman Go and then Lara Croft Go, and Lara Croft Go, by all accounts, is fantastic. <laughs> so is Hitman Go. They all sure, are. sure. They're like yeah. they're like they're it's like more of an unfortunate turn based board games. Yeah. Uh, but yes, <laughs> apparently. Oh, like actual Go. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, despite apparently having a rubbish conclusion, was considered the best role-playing game of 2016. Look, I, a satisfying conclusion in a role-playing game is becoming increasingly uh, <laughs> elusive. Also, shout out to the Canadian Video Game Awards for giving this game best console game, best game design, best narrative, best performance, and game of the year. 
I have to assume that's only in most Canadian-developed AAA games. Well, Watch Dogs 2 came out at the same year. I assume Canadian Video Game Awards is specifically for Canadian video games. It's a, yeah, and it is a Canadian video game developer group. But at the same time, Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs 2 lets you be racist with a pool ball. <laughs> I'm not saying Watch Dogs 2 is bad, but like... <laughs> I know. We, do we have a clear winner in this fight? I thought both of these were relatively well received. Yeah, I I think that if I would say Watch Dogs is because 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 here's the thing with uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided got criticized for being short compared to Human Revolution. Yeah, Human Revolution got got complaints for being short compared to Deus Ex. Have, have these people been told that RPGs are too long? I think so. Because I mean that that is a thing. <laughs> Nonetheless. Yeah, just, just, that's it. The five games from 2016 August with some interesting controversy because the really interesting controversy about Deus Ex Mankind Divided was its pre-orders. It, no, I'm thinking of something else. It had a Kickstarter-style pre-order system. Oh, the, the tiered thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fucking mess. Due to negative reactions from fans and critics, the system was cancelled midway. All pre-order content was available to those who pre-ordered the game or purchased the day one edition, which is just a normal copy of the game with all the stuff. Sure. I mean, I'm in favor of that. <laughs> yeah. There was there was also the somewhat ham-fisted handling of attempts to make uh, cybernetics a allegory for racism with the yeah, orbs like matter. Yeah. But yeah, we... That was in poor taste in mm. the current circumstances, I have to say. Yeah. Or in any circumstances. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there was a yeah. giant pile of money that- shoveled into actual cybernetics research. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> Some other things that came out in that period include, by the way, the Batman Telltale series, episode one, came out. This is the Police came out. Overcooked got its first full release. And, wonderfully, the Windows and PS4 release of a game that has no Wikipedia page called Bears Can't Drift... Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> oh, that sounds familiar. I think this has come up on the show before. Every time I pass by, some release of Bears Can't Drift? It, yeah. <laughs> Bears Can't Drift? Bears Can't Drift. They, well, what if they were in Sonic Drift? Well, then they'd There's have bears to get... There's bears in the Sonic universe. There's polar have... bear at the very least. Alrighty then. <laughs> Alright, fine. I'll just leave that. <laughs> just like Archie Comics. He's given me the look. Anyway, uh... As ever, always, the listener, the this podcast gets to happen because of the contribution and support of people like you on our Patreon. We thank you very much for what you do for us and what you let us do. Uh, and uh, we just want to say thank you. If you don't patronize us, we'd like to invite you to check it out at um, our Patreon page linked on the website. And uh, as ever, always, that was Jeb. Give us money. <laughs> that was Fox. But only a decimal currency. <laughs> And I'm Talon, and this was the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Blade. <laughs> oh. Wait, shit! <laughs> no, no, no. Shit, that wasn't intentional! <laughs> now. You're leaving it in. You're leaving it in. Uh, invest in our podcast, and then we will proceed to charge you 30,000 monies for the next edition anyway. Because uh. that's how capitalism works. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun to edit. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you're leaving that in.